Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. The Graveyard Riddle by Lisa Thompson, Chapter 18, page 127. When I got inside, I found Mum sitting at the kitchen table looking at her laptop. I could see the real estate agent's visible, oh, real estate agent's website on her screen. Hi, love. You're a bit late home today. Is everything all right? She said. Yeah, had something to do. I said. I knew she was waiting for me to say what it was, but I kept quiet. I thought we could do a few, look at a few houses before dinner. I said. I found. Ooh, careful. I found some really nice places. I'm not moving, Mum. You can't take me. I said. I decided I'd make Hal a sandwich, so I took some ham out of the fridge. Was he a vegetarian? He might be, so I put it back, and I put some cheese on instead. Please don't be like that, Melody, said Mum. I just want us to be happy, and... The doorbell rang, and Frankie trotted to the hallway, wagging his tail. Mum took a long breath and went and opened the door. I went and peered into the hallway. It was Mr. Charles with Casey and Teddy. Who's Casey and Teddy? His daughter. Casey was, oh, Mr. Charles is the one that lost his family, not Mr. Jenkins, the PE teacher. Oh. Casey was holding some pieces of paper. Claudia, said Mr. Charles. I was, it, I was so sad to see that you're moving. I hope you're not moving far. Mom said something too quiet for me to hear. Doggy, stretched Teddy, screeched Teddy. He wrenched his hands over from Mr. Charles and ran his hand, ran straight towards, straight into the house plunking himself down onto the carpet to pet Frankie. Teddy, come back here, said Charles. Oh, don't worry. He's fine. Frankie loves a bit of fuss, said Mum. What have you got there, Casey? A flyer? I quickly wrapped up the sandwich for Hal and put it in a paper bag along with some fruit, two nut bars, and a carton of juice, chips, and I headed to the hall. Is is it this Saturday, said Mum? She was looking at the piece of paper Casey was holding. Yes, said Mr. Charles, and I know you're moving, but we'd love for you both to come. It'd be nice to have everyone together for for the good, for the common good. Interesting. Frankie had rolled onto his bed so that Teddy could tickle his tummy. Hello, doggy, said Teddy. You're a lovely doggy, funny doggy. This cast didn't say, Casey didn't say anything, just glared at Frankie. At Frankie's leash off the hook by the door. When he heard it jiggle, Frankie flipped onto onto his feet and trotted over. Look, Melody, said Mum. Wait, look, Melody, said Mum, holding the flyer. There's a big cleanup in the graveyard on Saturday. We'll lend a hand, won't we? In the graveyard? My heart began to beat against my chest. Mum passed the flyer to me and I read it myself. The big graveyard cleanup. Join your neighbors on Saturday, May 9th at 10 a.m. to help <clears throat> help us tidy St. Joseph's Church Graveyard. Refreshments will be provided. Bring your own gardening gloves, pruning shears, etc. For all inquiries, contact Mr. Charles on Chestnut Clothes. But that's a stupid idea. I said the graveyard doesn't need cleanup. Melody, said Mum. Don't be so rude. We won't be doing anything drastic, said Mr. Charles. Just tidying up some pathways so that people could walk everywhere easily and cutting back the ivy that's been going into Nina's garden. I swallowed away the sick feeling that I now had. 
in my throat. Well, he's just going to have to hide. If there were a load of people in the graveyard on Saturday, they might find hell. Mum and Charles started talking about who might have, who might be up for helping, and I quickly put my shoes on and waited for Teddy to give me the final, Frankie, a final pat. Then I picked up his leash and headed out. What pay? I know. Well, he's got to take it. I ran through the graveyard, clutching the flyer and paper bag full of food close to my chest. Frankie's... Frankie sprinted as fast as his little legs would let him go, and I burst onto the plague house. Hal was sitting on the blankets with the, with the playing cards and four piles in front of him. Hal, we have a problem, I gasped. What is it, he said, jumping to his feet. It's Martin Stone. He ran to the window and looked left. No, 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 nothing like that, I said, putting the bag of food down. But look, I passed, him a fl- I passed the flyer to him. He studied it in silence, watching it close. I watched as his chest rose and fell. He rubbed his forehead and handed it back to me. Well, I guess I'll have to move on, I said. He said, move on? But what about the case? Won't you be letting the the Warley Tower branch down? Hal paused for a moment. You're right, he said at last. We've got, we've come so far. In this case, to walk away now would be madness. I'll relocate somewhere close. He continued the investigation. I tried to think of somewhere he could go. Well, no, because people would see him. We had a spare bedroom, but there's no way Hal could get go undetected in there, especially with Frankie sniffing around the, and the people viewing the house. Of course, I know exactly where you should go, and it's not far at all, I said. Hal raised his eyebrows. Number one, chestnut clothes, I said. It's right next door to me, and it's completely empty. You can stay there, and no one will know. You have to... No, remember, it's empty. You have to keep the lights out, lights off, and stay out of sight in the windows. But it's it'll be safe for a few days. Mister Charles goes inside every week to check every now and again. But then, he's only just done that, so he's only just done that, so it won't be back for a while. Hal seemed to relax a bit. Do you think that it'll be okay? He said. Yes, it's a perfect plan. I said. Do you think there's a shower? I shrugged, I guess so, although there might not be any hot water. It sounds perfect, said Hal. At least I can go and contact, I can, at least until I can make contact with hot water. Oh, at least I can make contact with the Whirly Tower. There's only one problem, I said. I don't have a key. Mr. Charles has the only one. Hal's shoulder sagged. Okay, never mind, it was a good idea, he said. You can still stay there, I said. I just need to come up with a plan to get hold of it. Hal laughed. Ha, you're brilliant, Melody Bird. There was, there I was, all ready to give up straight away, but you're going to come up with a plan, he said. It was nice to be appreciated for change. That reminded me. And I solved the next riddle. That reminded me I solved the next riddle. Well, actually, Matthew's dad, Brian, solved it. But he's really into quizzing, so I told him the riddle. I'd, I'd, so I told him it was a riddle I'd read. And don't worry, I didn't give you away. Is there anything you can't do, Melody Bird, Hal said, grinning. I felt my cheeks pink, flush pink. Hal thought about it and then nodded. The answer, oh, the, anyways, the answer's an anchor. Hal thought about it and nodded. Of course, so that's a mirror. So there's a mirror and an anchor. I think the mirror must have something to do with the cemetery, don't you? Maybe a mirror carved, a mirror and an anchor are carved into a headstone and that's where the kingfisher necklace is buried although i'd never seen any carvings like that before and i knew the graveyard better than anyone i'm not sure said hal thoughtfully 
They seem to be leading us to objects, though, I agree. Let's see if another note appears, don't you think? I needed... <sighs> I nodded, copying his thoughtful expression. Hal began to take the food out of the bag and beamed when he saw the sandwich. I like helping people, and it made me feel warm inside. Right. Well, I better get going on my next mission, I said, getting the key to number one. I'll see you soon, Hal. See you soon, Melody Bird. Well, Frankie and I walked home. I tried to think of a plan. I came up with two options. Tell Mr. Mr. Charles that I'd heard a strange noise inside number one, and could I borrow the key to check it out? No, or two, tell Mr. Charles that I brought Frankie over to say hello to Teddy, and then I'd steal the key. The trouble was, with option number one, I knew that Mr. Charles would immediately want to go and investigate the noise himself. There's no way he would just hand the key over. And option two was tricky. I'd probably be invited in, but it was highly unlikely that I'd get a chance to search for the key. That is, unless I had something to distract everyone with, right while I snuck off, which led me to option three. Go over with Frankie while someone created a diversion that led Mr. Charles, Casey, and Teddy outside to give me time to find and pocket the key. That was definitely the best option. Question was, who could I ask? Frankie and I came out of the alleyway onto Chestnut Close, and I looked at number nine. There was only one person who might be able to help me with this mission, Matthew. But he can't, it's okay, he can still help, he just can't know about it. All right, you know what? We have to take a pause because it is time for Peyton to get ready for school. Um, okay, let me see how long the next chapter is. If it's short, but we do need to get you ready for school, kiddo. No, it's a long one, honey. We got to go. How, what time is it? 6.43. If we get everything done, we could finish it. Okay, let's go get, let's get you breakfast, get your lunch, and then we'll come back and try and do one or two chapters. If we go really quick, we could probably do three or four. Okay, <gasps> okay. see you in a minute, guys.